Today we are starting this new series about sustainable hope. How do we have sustainable hope? Because we live in a society, right, where usually when we're talking about hope, hope equals optimism. In fact, it's one of those things, it's like, I know we need hope, I feel the hope, I want the hope, but it just doesn't seem to be coming, I can't seem to hold on to it because we've equated it to optimism, even our commercials. I heard somebody mentioning about all the commercials about have hope, and they said very cynically, they're like, nothing's going to change, what's the point? And so for ourselves, as we recognize the need for hope, but we also recognize that things may not change. Things may not get better on certain in certain levels, with certain events or situations. And so what does it mean to have hope that goes far beyond optimism? Because sustainable hope is connected to God. The hope of our culture, which is equated to optimism, optimism is a piece, a small piece of hope, but sustainable hope is connected to God. And so today we're going to be looking specifically at how do we access the things that we need to have the sustainable hope. What are the things we need to gain access to in our lives around us internally, externally, so that we might have that sustainable hope that is connected to God instead of feeling, what's the point, when we equate hope to optimism. So for today, we are going to begin with Ephesians, the second chapter, and Psalm, part of a Psalm 4. And so as we're looking at those two things, as we're beginning to delve in, know that Ephesians can sound a little bit metaphorical and that we actually only hear the word hope once and it's in the context of not having it. Yet, both of these passages are showing us something about what it means to access those needs so that we can build that sustainable hope the book of Ephesians often is credited to the Apostle Paul, but it may actually have been written by more of a student or a follower of Paul. And so it's sometimes called a letter, yet it seems to be more of a universal kind of sermon that is meant for all of the Christian communities to be able to access and say, okay, right here, right now, we can look at this. Whereas often Paul's writings, like with the first and second Corinthians or first and second Thessalonians, he is really talking about very specific issues. And the universality of Ephesians is really more about moving us from understanding how God is the creator, how God is the creator of the entire world to how do we get, how do we access, how do we live into that connection. And so for us today, as we're beginning this journey through Ephesians with a little bit of help from the psalm, may we open ourselves up to this possibility that sustainable hope, 
sustainable hope that God is trying to give it to us. That God is trying to cultivate that within us, is trying to connect with us in that. Let us begin with Ephesians, the second chapter, verses 12 through 13. At that time, you were without Christ. You were aliens rather than citizens of Israel and strangers to the covenants of God's promise. In this world, you had no hope and no God. But now, thanks to Christ Jesus, you who were once so far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Psalm 4, 1 through 2. Answer me when I cry out, my righteous God, set me free from my troubles. Have mercy on me. Listen to my prayer. How long, you people, will my reputation be insulted? How long will you continue to love what is worthless and go after lies? So when looking at Ephesians, there's actually some commonality between the first century the community that this letter, this sermon was born into and went out to others and today. In the first century, the people were struggling. They were struggling with life and death. They were struggling with when, is, when are things going to change. They were in fear of those in power. They had to deal with the destructive nature of greed. They had to deal with the violence. They didn't know. They had no idea what would kill them next. Would it be disease? Would it be violence? Would it be because they didn't wash their hands, which they had no idea that that could have actually helped save some of their lives? A cut. A cut at that time could have resulted in death. There is this balance and this uncertainty, and life is a struggle. And the people who get hopeful, that optimistic hope, are those in money and power who are sitting comfortably without really a whole lot to worry about. They can afford guards to protect them. But for the common person, for the common person, this was a moment of saying, we don't know what's going to happen. And we live day to day with fears and concerns that are from the smallest to we may die. Fear and despair were a common currency, and Ephesians is acknowledging that there was no hope because there was no God. And so you go, wait a minute. What is this hope? What is this connection to God? What is happening here? And in the psalm, we get some of that, right? How often have we cried out? How often answer me when I cry out? Set me free from my troubles. Have mercy on me. Listen to my prayer. That anxiousness. And the writer of Ephesians is going, I hear all of that. We know the psalms. They've been said for generations. For generations, we've been anxious and fearful. We have struggled with hope. And yet, Ephesians has gone, wait a minute, there's the resurrection. There's Jesus. There is the Christ. And to understand that sustainable hope 
That what Ephesians is trying to direct us to is trying to show us and shape us towards the resurrection. Because on the cross, right? On the cross, we've got Jesus in solidarity. There is fear. Jesus is in solidarity with humans in pain and suffering. Jesus is in solidarity with us in ways of how our decision-making can cause destruction not only for ourselves but for one another, how we can suffer in ways that are excruciating in our day-to-day. And that's where Jesus is on the cross. But then there's the resurrection. And Ephesians is going, wait a minute, here's the resurrection right here. Right here. That says, guess what? You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay without hope. You don't have to stay without God because the resurrection is that hope. That love cannot die. That God keeps coming for us. That God will not stop. All the stories of the Old Testament, of the Hebrew Scriptures, are where God keeps coming for the people. That every time the people screw up, every time the people are facing challenges, every time the people think God has abandoned them, there God is. Going, no, you are loved. You are worthy. Have hope. Have hope in a God that does not quit us. Have hope in a God that does not leave us to our own devices, who doesn't say, you know what, sit in the suffering. That's the end. No, we have a God who says, no, I am bringing you to something new. I hear you cry out. But then the psalmist gives us a question to ponder. It's a rhetorical question, not only for the psalmist, but for ourselves. How long will you continue to love what is worthless and go after lies? How long will you put put your faith in things that do not help you? How long will you have hope in the things, in the people, in the situations that let you down and make you feel like you are worthless? Because the resurrection, the Christ who overcomes death, who says, no, there is more than death in this world. There is more. There is more than pain and suffering. I am bringing you to something new. But what are we going to have to let go of to begin to hear it, to understand it, to experience it, to internalize it? What are we going to also have to access? What do we need to access to have that sustainable hope that is... That is centralized in the resurrection of Jesus. Continuing on in Ephesians, the second chapter, verses 14 through 16. Christ is our peace. He made both Jews and Gentiles into one group. With his body, he broke down the barrier of hatred that divided us. He canceled the detailed rules of the law so that he could create one new person out of the two groups making peace. He reconciled them both as one body to God by the cross, which ended the hostility to God. Here the message is that in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, this sense of putting divisions and hatred behind us 
have, if we're going to have sustainable hope, we have to be able to come together. That sustainable hope is not done in isolation, but instead requires us to come together to understand our differences and not use them as barriers. To understand those things that try to divide us, whether it's based upon jobs, management level, worker level, socioeconomic status, how much melanin is in our skin, the things that people try to use to divide us. Here Ephesians is like, no, that stuff, that stuff right there, that is being hostile to God. That is shoving out hope. That is saying there is no such thing as sustainable hope, and Jesus is calling us back because God does not quit us. Calling us together, calling us to not allow our differences to become barriers, but instead to work together much like Romans 12 verses 4 through 5 really engage us with that we are all part of the body of Christ. We all may have different functions. We may have different gifts and abilities, but we are brought together in all of those differences to work together. And so to access what we need, what we need is community, that we have got to do this being hopeful, this sustainable hope that is connected to God. It is a communal action, not individual. And sometimes we see it. We see it happen when maybe we've had a really bad day. Maybe we have felt like everything's falling apart and somebody says just the right thing that encourages us, that builds us up, that shows us a different way, that says, you're not alone. I'm with you in this. And so here, Ephesians is highlighting that fact that we have to access that having sustainable hope cannot be done in isolation, that we need one another. Continuing on, verses 17 through 19 of chapter 2. When he came, he announced the good news of peace to you who were far away from God and to those who were near. We both have access to the Father through Christ by the one Spirit, so now you are no longer strangers and aliens. Rather, you are fellow citizens with God's people, and you belong to God's household. Psalm 4, verse 3. Know this, the Lord takes personal care of the faithful. The Lord will hear me when I cry out to him. God hears us. God knows we are in need, and God keeps drawing us together drawing us together and saying, you know what, whatever's happened in your life, whatever or not happened, that we are being drawn together as a community, as a people, in this hope that a new way is possible. There is a new way of living. There is a way of being transformed and encouraged that the resurrection makes possible because the resurrection, the resurrection does not leave us in our despair. Here God's bringing us to peace with one another. 
And so here we're trying to be encouraged to see, understand, cultivate those connections with others because we may not even realize as we're cultivating connections and community of how ultimately they're going to work. We may not understand it in the beginning, and yet when God is involved, new things are possible. New possibilities. Sustainable hope. Sustainable hope needs us to access that portion of ourselves where we make space for new possibilities, new relationships, new ways of living. Continuing on in verses 20 through 21 of the second chapter. As God's household... You are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. The whole building is joined together in him and it grows up into a temple that is dedicated to the Lord. Psalm 4 verses 4 through 5. So be afraid and don't sin. Think hard about it in your bed and weep over it. Bring righteous offerings and trust the Lord. Here, Ephesians You are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself. That thought right there of what are we building our lives upon? If we're going to get that sustainable hope, then we really have to begin to question what are we building the foundation of our lives upon? Are we building it on a foundation that leads us to weeping to saying, I am a failure, I am unworthy. The foundation of Jesus Christ, the foundation upon Jesus is this foundation of his life, his death, and his resurrection, of the way that he lived, the way that he taught, the way that he engaged the world around him, the way that he taught us about how God does not quit in our lives. That foundation of love that Jesus is going to love us to the cross and beyond. That love that comes and gets us no matter where we find ourselves in. No matter the place, the circumstance. No matter how long we've been there. That God does not quit coming for us. And asking us, is that the foundation? that we build our lives upon, or are we building our foundation upon stresses, successes, failures, achievements, what relationships we didn't have, what relationships we did, what are the things that we put our foundation, our identity in? Those things that aren't connected to God, those things that bring us so much angst, Do we base our foundation upon the the anger, the busyness, upon what our children did or did not achieve, of how we were raised? Where are we placing the foundation of our very identity? Because here we're being invited. We are being invited to place that foundation upon Jesus, upon love upon worthiness, and that everything else, everything else that we do automatically comes back to that. And when we begin to access that need 
that foundation, we get glimpses of that sustainable hope. And finally, Ephesians 2, the tw- verse 22. Christ is building you into a place where God lives through the Spirit. Psalm 4, 6 through 8. Many people say, we can't find goodness anywhere. The light of your face has left us, Lord, but you have filled my heart with more joy than when their wheat and wine are everywhere. I will lie down and fall asleep in peace because you alone, Lord, let me live in safety. If we're going, okay, what do I take from this today? What verse maybe should I ponder? Maybe I should go over. It's this one. It's that Ephesians 2, 22. Christ is building you into a place where God lives through the Spirit. That the resurrection, that love cannot die, that God is coming for us, that God does not quit, that foundation of our lives, of our identity, placed in the Christ who loves us, and there is no end to that, is building us up is cultivating us, is shaping us, is trying to guide us forward so that we know that connection to God. We know that connection to God each and every day of our lives, that that hope keeps coming. Because here's the thing, right? We're all going to screw up. We all make mistakes. We all do things we wish we hadn't or wish we had done. How many of us go over things constantly? I know I do. Can't get it out of my head. I go over and over. And Jesus is saying, hey, hit pause for just a second. Hit pause because you need to know that you are loved and you are worthy. And that is your foundation. Now respond. Tell those things. Let's say you are unworthy. You are nothing more than the things that you have screwed up, the things that you have failed at, the things that haven't come to the fruition, or the things that have, that you are not the sum of those because your foundation is in a God of love and of new possibilities, of transformation that is constantly calling to us, constantly guiding us, constantly bringing us forth to new realities. Sustainable hope is is that thing with God, is that connection to God, that God is bringing something new, something wonderful into our lives, but in ways that are unexpected, in ways that are unplanned. And how are we going to open ourselves up to that? Because as the psalmist says, right, we could get mired in. We can't find goodness anywhere. Hope, hope that is equated to optimism, (laughs) we're going to be, it's not going to be great. And it's going to leave us feeling like we've been tricked, that we are unfulfilled. But the hope, the sustainable hope of God is calling to us. 
is calling us to new possibilities, to open ourselves up for change, to open ourselves up to what our foundation of our identities is in and questioning that and letting that evolve to something new. It's calling us to go from surviving to thriving, no matter the external, no matter the circumstances that happen, no matter what, because we are claimed by God. And that is what gives us life. That is what gives us hope. So for us today, with whatever we may be struggling with, but that want to access sustainable hope, let us be challenged and ask ourselves and commit ourselves today to trying trying to have that foundation, that love, that worthiness based in God, based in the Christ who lived, died, and was resurrected for us. Let us contemplate. Let us make space. Let us experience that sustainable hope that is found when we come together and break down barriers in our differences, when we encourage one another in that hope. How will we commit ourselves to that work, to that life today? Amen. Thank you.